please do your own research. Nothing here is investment advice. Why should we care about this this deal? Yeah, so we recently published a, a piece on the Altera acquisition at Constellation done the biggest closed acquisition to date and the second LBO, uh, the former Allscripts EHR business. I, I think the you know, we, we wrote about CSI 2.0 a couple of years ago, which was a question that surrounded the company around what is the next phase of consolation, you know, especially as they're hitting the the limitations or the the law of large numbers. I think last year they done 134 acquisitions, median size around four to five million dollars EV. So fairly small. These are typically companies doing, you know, around one million in EBIT. So small small companies. And then 134, 130 odd last year. I mean, that's that's one every other nearly one every other working day. <laughs> it's just in like to actually put your mind around like one entity doing closing an acquisition every other working day is it kind of blows my mind. So now obviously when you're doing only four to five million dollar deals, you know, that's the median size, they do a billion in free cash flow over a billion in free cash flow now. I mean, you know, you can't you, know, you could theoretically do two hundred and fifty of these a year and deploy all of your free cash flow, but it just becomes very, very difficult. It becomes a you know human logistical nightmare at some point. I'm not saying they can't get there, but at some point in time, potentially now, potentially in a few years, they are hitting the kind of law of large numbers problem. And so the question is, okay, how can they deploy their their free cash flow? You know, over a billion dollars of free cash flow. If, if let's say you know half of that, maybe a bit more of that, is going to be to that traditional median acquisition, and even then, by the way, like I think that I st- I'm curious to to see a full you know 2023 at the end of 2023 a full list of the acquisitions and the size of them because you know, year to date they've spent 1.9 billion on acquisitions. I think you know, I wrote in the page, 1.4 billion of that is on assets over 200 million EV. So that, and I don't, I think I saw at the half year point, they'd done 49 or 50, just about 50 acquisitions. So they're slightly behind in terms of that run rate. So they're not, they're not, I don't think they're going to hit potentially 134 medium ones. Obviously, their attention has been diverted to the to the bigger ones. But the point here is that the CSI 2.0 is that. The big question is where are they going to allocate the the incremental dollar to 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 use all of that free ca- billion plus free cash flow? And like most other acquisitions, it goes to it goes to bigger it goes to bigger companies. Most other acquirers always end up drifting to higher to buy in bigger assets. We spoke about Diploma before, you know, Danaher. All these bigger bigger acquirers end up doing that. Berkshire, for example. And so if they are going to, if this model CSI 2.0, if it becomes the median acquisitions doing, I don't know, 40 to 60% of, of free cash flow, if you're lucky, 
there's going to be a whole chunk of this, you know, call it half of the free cash flow per year needs to be deployed in typically larger assets or elsewhere. If that is the case, what is the incremental return on that capital? Right? So if they're going to be buying bigger assets like Altera or Allscripts, what is that incremental return? And that's, that kind of led to this whole piece of research on actually diving into Altera and learning more about what the hell it is, what they've done, how it's performing. Uh, and then I found out that they lost their largest customer, which was like 20% of revenue. So potentially it's like maybe digging even further. And that, that kind of led to this piece. Well, let's talk about how you, how you went about that and who you spoke to and how you thought about what, what could really be incremental in this context to existing shareholders of Constellation. Well, in this, it's funny because it also ties into a piece that we're – one hypothesis that I have is that these – these it might sound silly, but Constellation, Transdime, Danaher, these well-renowned serial acquirer-type businesses, people always – well, my assumption is investors or the market looks – a lot of the, the capital allocation framework and the quality of that, which obviously is cru- crucial, but I think they underestimate, or my hypothesis is that they underestimate the post-acquisition operational capabilities of these companies, like how good they are actually operating these assets. And so a thread of work that we're going to be, that we're following and we'll be publishing on is, okay, just walk me through exactly what these companies do. What's their playbook post-acquisition? So, this Altera piece also flowed from this, you know, a wider context on, on we've been looking at consolation on how they actually, how they buy assets, how they change them post-acquisition, the nuances of that, how they restructure their financials, how they optimize every cost line, all that kind of stuff. And so and we sourced, we've been sourcing many uh, executives, you know, we we focus for this Altera piece on former Allscripts executives that also worked at Altera when they Paris bought it. Um, so pre and post acquisition, we spent five, six hours interviewing these executives and also then dived back and, and, and found some executives that worked on the Altera deal and in you know, modeling out the returns ex ante to see what they expected back then. And, you know, how do they think about losing a customer, a big customer, like that they actually have done? And did they expect that? How did they model that? So, we, you know, it was, it was kind of two, uh, a two-way approach in form, uh, old scripts, you know, former old scripts and Altera people to actually know the industry. It's a high, it's a big regulation part of, of the EHR business, and then also on the M&A side in, in Constellation, modeling ex ante these assets, how that worked. And we also dive back into to 2018 where we wanted to, I wanted to compare it. There's actually a small – the first LBO Constellation really done was in 2018 at a company called Axio. Um, you know, similar cap structure, finance 50-50, 50%. Debt, fifty percent equity, hundred eighty million. So it's much smaller, but we and we compare that deal, that first LBO to to Altera, and it's very different in terms of how they generate their returns, the underlying asset, the um, the risk reward, um, 
yeah, and and then, and then we the idea is that we just explored in this in this research piece why Altera was struggling anyway, why they decline organically, you know, eight percent plus potentially a year top line, and 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 also then explore given how much we know about CSI's playbook post acquisition of decentralization accountability you know being very strict on costs and and how they work with R&D like how is that going to play out in a business that has historically spent 100% of their R&D budget on just meeting regulation <laughs> meeting re- meaningful use regulation so we explore that and, and try and work through and have some kind of framework to look at potential IRR for Altera and that was really the the outcome of the piece. Was there anything that surprised you through the process as you went deeper? Well, I, was, I didn't expect them to lose their biggest customer within a year. You know? So that was pretty, I guess that would be shocking for anyone who buys an asset and then loses such a big chunk of revenue. And, and again, this also, you know, one quick, this, this is one question I have as well. You know, I'll touch on this briefly, but actually there's, you know, if you're a CIO at a big hospital system in the US and you've got Epic and so on, these big, big healthcare IT businesses, you know, Allscripts and Allscripts' product was way behind Epic's and they were losing share, you know, for reasons that we go into detail on. But if you're a CIO and you then you, you know, you're already having to kind of argue why to keep all scripts because it's going to cost so much money to switch to switch to Epic, and then Harris, some financial services organization type, you know, concept software aggregator where you know it's kind of well known that these businesses go there to half die, and they go and buy your EA, your your ERP system effective that runs your business. Like it's very hard. You know, there's a lot of career risk involved there with the CIO. So I think the question is when you know when you when Constellation buys big assets like this, how does the market perceive such an important asset being owned by a financial services type organization? You know, and I think that's also where there's maybe reflexivity in the whole acquisition where I would guess that Northwell actually churned. That was the final nail in the coffin that made them churn when they found out, oh, shit, you know, Harris owns it now and that's, that I probably can't pitch that to my board to warrant how we can stay on all scripts versus Epic. And these are big switches, right? This is going to cost hundreds of millions for them to switch to Epic. So I think that that, that, that one insight was like, there's a, there's a potentially hard, that there's a, there's a variable that's hard to model ex ante, which is what is, what does the market think of Harris owning this asset? post acquisition right you can model out your revenue decline based on the competition and the and the product and stuff like that but then if it adds a layer of career risk in in the healthcare space if there's a C, if the cios now think oh shit i just can't pitch this to my board anymore you've potentially modeled that wrong ex ante constellations modeled potentially modeled that wrong in terms of the, the the future revenue growth so how do you think constellation would respond to that that kind of speculation well i think that they i think they're they 100% modeled, obviously, churn, right? It's just to what extent. You know, and there will, there, and there, there, there will be a scenario for losing your biggest customer. But it's obviously not, not a baseline scenario. <laughs> you know, 
and it, and, and it, you know, it doesn't matter too much potentially because if where these are so sticky, maybe they can win. They can keep parts of the business from switching. You know, it's not clear exactly exactly what's switching. I think the whole the whole of Northwell is switching in terms of all of their systems. But it's still not clear how if it take that might take ten years. It certainly doesn't take one year. It might, it might you know it takes three to five years. But Constellation might still be able to earn the free cash flow anyway to make their RR works. It doesn't really matter too much, you know. Which is which is which is probably the case. Um. So, but still, losing your biggest customer is is you know. It's not ideal, and also then if if you're if you're if you're a CIO of another hospital system and you see that Northwell switched, what do you? Think? <laughs> Your board's probably going to be asking you what, why you're not switching. So does this does this then lead to more churn? I don't know. So I, I think long story short is that these buying these bigger assets, these somewhat single product line assets, is just. You know that are declining, that have tough regulatory standards to abide by. You know these are it's, it's, it's tricky. <laughs> it's not easy, but but I think that I think that the economics can still work out for consolation unless there is a mass exodus of of CIOs now that. That just follow Northwell and want and want to churn out. Let's um, let's spend a little time talking about how this fits into an ongoing research project on on Constellation on their post acquisition playbook. Um, let's let's talk about that. Well, like I said, I think that a hypothesis that I've had for a while is that they're also with Transdime that in the market underestimates how good these guys are at operating the companies they buy. And it's just a completely different philosophy, level of rigor, like understand of the fundamentals and just overall execution that means that they can do stuff that others just can't do. Um, and so the, I mean, I'm doing this for Transdime and, and and some of these other businesses, but yeah, we've yeah for Danaher for for Danaher Transdime Constellation that are, are the free, but um, yeah, also looking at looking at others. And with Constellation, it's interesting because when they buy a business, they restructure their financials to to the, to the standard format. They have like four or five lines: revenue and cost. Right. So for revenues, obviously they have. You know, license, maintenance, hardware, professional services, costs they have, you know, professional services, um, R and D, sales and marketing. They don't actually show that in the in the in the in the filed accounts, but when they when they're on an operate operating level, if you're running a one of the a constellation owned business, they want to see the efficiency of your R and D spend. They want to see the efficiency of your professional services spend. So if you hire 10 professional service people, what is your professional service revenue? What is the and what how do you optimize that revenue to cost ratio? And they do that for every line, right? Rigorously. 
And yeah, well, we, the idea is I want to figure out exactly how that works and why it works that way. And again, it's not perfect because there are, it's complicated, right? Like let's say you're spending money on R and D. Well, you know, if that is a, if it's a new module, if it's an, for, for an existing module, like how much does that drive retention? How much does it drive new subs? Like it's hard to really measure that, you know, same with sales, a bit with sales and marketing. If people are selling or managing accounts for existing customers and new customers, it's hard to perfectly get a, these are, you know, we deal with these things, right? These are hard, hard kind of ratios or KPIs to, to measure. And, but they, but they have a playbook. So, you know, we're going to, the aim is to figure out exactly how, how and why they operate the way they do.